happy actual comic book day and welcome back all you four color funny book aficionados this is u.s comics cast hq for all things comic book connected we are john and charlie rivera back in our uh, um back in our uh, respective hq's co-founders of u.s comics charlie all the way miles and miles away from me happy comic book day i don't like it happy (laughs) happy comic book day to you and to everyone listening or watching today as always we are brought to you by bad mary band and sergeant finesse gaming if you haven't done so already please attack that comment section like you're in the middle of watching an anthology series and some damn punk has stolen the remote control john i hate to tell you this dude you are the punk in that situation i hate to be that guy how <laughs> dare you i gotta watch wrestling man we gotta get to the good good whatever, john how whatever, you doing brother bro, whatever's whatever look i i gotta tell the truth man i don't know if it's like separation anxiety if i'm like that puppy that scratches on the door hey 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 it doesn't feel it doesn't feel natural to be so far oh Charlie, oh, i feel so i can almost, i don't like it i can almost touch it i can almost all right, now it's creeping me out. So only because your hand was way bigger than my little my little fingies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm back on the Jersey side of the river. Um, just kind of like handling my business over here, dude. I have a lot of things going on. I got damn. Um, I'm in a rehearsal for Bronx Tale. I did come into you. You know this, but just to share the to share the news, I came into a literal uh, a little smorgasbord of vintage vinyl albums you know that's my thing love me some vinyl records and um they weigh about two tons give or take a little bit of a hernia i got going on but that hospital stay gave me a lot of time to just peruse through the vinyl uh i really appreciated that of course was courtesy of uh mr justin lambot uh, good, good guy, friend of the show. He's been a guest with us here a few times. He might be a cyborg, but he's a hell of a guy. Uh, Justin, we appreciate you, my brother. We do appreciate you. He's home with his new baby. Um, congratulations oh, on that. But uh, he might have a new baby, but I got a ton of new vinyl. What's going on in your world? Uh, like crushing depression, mostly. Super, just like super, a sea. Oh, oh, so just great. a sea of despair. Just, um, just the audience should feel better about their <laughs> lives because like, man, fuck it. I'm doing better than Charlie. Yeah, like, nice. honestly, at this at this <laughs> point, like, if you're depressed, it's like, yeah, duh. Like, that is the new normal. Is huh. crushing, sinking, How? like... There just are, terror. There are six-year-olds out there watching the show, which is a completely bad choice by their parents. But to those little children, Charlie, they have they cannot wrap their little infant minds around how an individual who clearly has as many toys as you do can possibly be yeah. depressed also as well I as... Can, oh, you have I a I can retort? explain it. I can explain it. Charlie, Every children, movie... Every movie... Is Justice League Whedon cut? Oof. Like it's a movie. There's things going on that I should like, uh, Charlie, but I don't Charlie, like any of it. Don't don't send these kids to the 800 hotlines. Not at this early stage in their life, especially as I was saying, at this stage in the game, when there's so much new new out there that it slips by 
the the fucking the the always open eyes of at least this Rivera brother. Like something like kind of went through the wickets. Something an entire show that I'm a huge fan of just went through my five hole and lit the fucking light behind me. Um, that's right, bro. I know it's gonna be a surprise to most because I'm not the only idiot in the room. Fucking Black Mirror has. Oh, hold that thought. Game. We got. Breaking news! Breaking fucking news! Oh, breaking news! What Coming in the blue, well red, and God, I hope yellow. We have officially cast our Superman and our Lois for the brand new DCU. Those of you watching breaking live news, on YouTube. Dude. Facebook and Twitch can see their beautiful faces. I have it right in front of me here. David Corenswenth and Rachel Brozahan are Bro, our new Brozahan. Brozahan. Look, you know what? I I, I know. Exclude me from dating this woman by just ruining her name right away. Call him Superman, Super Dude, Super Whatever. Rachel Brosnahan, please show some respect. The 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 future Mrs. Rivera. That's right. The That's next right. in a long line of disappointed. <laughs> brunettes in my brother's life looking for a new ex john rivera the emmy award winning the golden globe award winning uh, star of the marvelous miss mazel has won uh james gunn's uh role that they were actually doing uh kind of they went beyond the the meet and greet they went beyond an audition they filmed auditions in some semblance of costumes mm -hmm. and she has walked away um some of the most picture perfect casting i've ever seen i saw a picture of her i'm not super familiar with marvelous miss mazel oh, but when i saw it i went standing it is i i i now, charlie you you leapt right to a a kind of point of the a point of contention i'll say for casting because fan casting has become almost somebody else's uh, uh like primary job doesn't pay well um however and you know ellis joining us right off the bat ellis uh, i'm already declaring her the best lois since margot Kidder. um you know what ellis I i'm not gonna fight you on it bro i'm not gonna fight you on it I i'm gonna allow it i'm familiar with her work on the marvelous miss mazel and uh, i would say that she has very very real possibility um, the, 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 it's, it's right there, right? It's right there. She could be superior to Margot Kidder and I like Margot Kidder, but, um, I'm very, very familiar with her work. Um, this was one of those names that when I heard it, it popped so immediately for me. However, um, if you were doing like that mental fan cast, which like so many people do, she might not necessarily have been the first one because like. Yeah, she looks like you. If you close your eyes, like you can picture her as a Lois. But so many times the fan casting, they're just looking at aesthetics, only aesthetics. And the fact that Gunn not only put them in like dialogue-driven scenarios and paired them up, like any theatrical casting uh, that's worth their salt would do, he paired them up. He goes, oh, I want this Superman with this Lois. I want that Superman with that Lois, and so on and so forth. It's their acting chops. Like, you can make them eventually look. I mean, fucking uh, Gamora wasn't always green. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Girl, I, I know, I know. 
uh, Nebula or whatever the hell. She's not really bald. Um, hey, you, what? This is I, bullshit. We're shattering the movies are lies. <laughs> um, but Charlie, I was so excited. Uh, my, my my dude over here, I'm familiar with his work as well. If uh, anyone's out there who's like, oh, I don't really know. Um, he did a movie or a miniseries rather over on Netflix called Hollywood, which is really about kind of like old Hollywood and the more of the CD underbelly, uh, yeah. so to speak. But right then and there, I looked. I'm like, oh shit, that's that's Clark Kent. He looks. That's a, he that's looks a no like glasses, a painting. Clark yep. Kent. And if you're talking about, well, he's not. Uh, he's not big like Cavill. Blah blah blah. All I'm gonna say is two words. Will Poulter. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing what steroids and a little bit of go get him can accomplish. But what were your first impressions, bro? I mean the the Juilliard trained. Uh, yes. I know. I know David Cornswenth from We Own the City. We yes, Own indeed. the City. We, um, and uh, he's terrific in that. But again, for me, uh, much like the fan casters you were talking about, I do my best to never get my hopes up because there's a million directions you can go. The minute, I think it was the Hollywood reporter mentioned that this was a team. And I saw the shot that I borrowed for, for the kind of visual that we're using in this segment, again, live on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. I immediately was like, Oh my God, give her some purple contacts. Give him some sky blue contacts and we're in business. The, the visual part is there. I have Absolutely. so much faith in James Gunn to elevate performances, to get what he needs out of these actors. And also when I saw them, I realized the endless opportunities of these two. They look incredibly young without looking like kids, which I love. Uh, Rachel looks like she could already be like a wily young vet of the Daily Planet. Or you could play it that she's new in this like great up-and-comer. He looks like he fucking was cobbin corn minutes ago. Um, I, I am so excited. But what immediately followed, because I'm such a pessimist, I'm always living in my brother's shadow. I, I, I sometimes jokingly refer to myself as his bizarro. Is there a third Rivera brother that I'm not aware of? What the hell? There was another team of actors who were... Right there, the silver medalists for Lois and Clark that will never see uh, film in those characters. We had Nick Holt, formerly Beast, from the latest X-Men series, and Emma Mackey from a great HBO series that the name currently eludes me. Um, but when I saw them together, I didn't see Lois and Clark. But in Nick Holt, you know what I did see? Beast. Lex Luthor. Oh, he so? would make, I think visually, him versus fucking David would be visually so great. So then I did some research. It turns out originally he was allegedly the front runner for Lex. And then threw his hat in for the Man of Steel. The I other heard... two front runners for fucking Lex, do you know yeah. this? No. The fucking Skarsgård brothers. Well, that's the current, that's the current rumor now of like, that's what to expect. And in effect, it's don't don't get don't get too excited, Charlie, because uh, this doesn't happen very often. But in effect, they're like one and one A, so it's really they're gonna be between the two of them. Um, you know what? And Ellis throw another one. Uh, and I was just talking about this with friend Jordan. Um, for for decades, Billy Zane was my absolute top choice for Lex Luthor. But I don't I don't want to get too far ahead, Charlie. You're a little bit on rockets. Um, 
the casting of the of of these two in particular, it's not just like okay now we have the fucking the king and the queen on the chessboard of uh, Superman Legacy. Charlie, these are characters that are integral to casting the DCU, which is again the guns version of the cinematic world of DC. Um, this is so important. You, you, these are characters. These are actors, performers that you are going to see run throughout every fucking thing else that gets put out there. I've heard rumor that, you know what, in this flick, since we, this is not going to be an origin story, um, we're going to get a little taste of the authority in this movie even. I read that as well. There are A little things, reverse kingdom come. There are certain Up things. Up and coming Superman just being like, I don't like the way shit's done. There are certain things that are being that are the way that they're approaching things right now. They're just different. They're just different to what we've come to expect. Which, quite honestly, at this stage, uh, everybody's banding about the term uh, superhero fatigue. Superhero fatigue. What they're really saying is this particular mo- mode of of comic book hero. We this is where we have fatigue. Right, and and we also hear a lot of like, oh well, everybody's doing a multiverse thing. Yeah, that's because of the general fucking uh, the, the the general uh, tiredness that we all have. So they say, you know what? Let's let's. It's like throwing a big fucking party on the last day of school, like a blowout fucking party, and saying, look, here's here's everything, everything, everything as we go into the new. So I think honestly that this is if they're smart. That this is the type of thing that's going to lead to maybe even a Marvel renaissance. Like a, a change in direction to what Marvel is going to do. Because even then, even then, um, you're going to fucking get tired after the fact. So this is Gunn's new flavor. These are probably, at least at this stage, these the two most important castings that we're going to see. Fuck, I, I threw on my... My fresh from Sergeant Finesse T-shirt, oh, my grunt style shirt, just for the Superman news. So I am super duper excited for uh, for that news to drop. But uh, where, mean, where were you, you going with that, Charlie? Well, you well, I, I was gonna, I was actually uh, rounding the corner to the authority. Um, Ellis, let me know if the mics are a little bit more balanced now. I adjusted mine. Um, I'm so excited to return almost to the old model. Right, because what it Which seems old model? like, like you're doing a little like bit the, of a make sure, DC the, great the, again, the a little bit, a little <laughs> bit, only hopefully less toxic. Um, for me, it's it's this notion of when DC, in my opinion, where they failed was rushing through the Marvel model, where they were like very impatient. They're like, "Here's Superman, now fucking Batman, now now everybody." Like, they got to it very quick. And they had the opportunity, right, to just say, like, the world's here. We're going to fill in. And what I love about that is, again, a relatively young Superman potentially butting heads with a group that doesn't do shit the Superman way. My God, you can really set up something new. We It's been a long time since we've had a hero not willy-nilly killing. There's not fucking one active villain, uh, hero rather, or even in begrudgingly this killing. Like you, you have to make a distinction uh, at, at some given point. 
And uh, yeah, no, Charlie, you're right. I think to your to your credit, and it's ironic because of the pure animosity that you have shown my poor little guy. But um, it looks like Gunn, to a larger degree, is uh, adopting the Spider-Man model. We're like, nope, he's Spider-Man. He's been Spider-Manning for a little while. Fuck out um, of here, Spider-Man. He's got a bomb piece ant, but you don't want to know where that's going. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a little bit more of the Spider-Man thing, but Spider-Man is almost entirely unique in that capacity over at Marvel slash Sony because he's still very much being torn back and forth. Like a child of divorce, son of a bitch. He's got two Christmases, two Thanksgivings. What a disaster. Um, you can't have an origin story, Alice. No, no. July 11th, 2025 is around the corner. It is around the corner. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people scoff at that date. And admittedly, we do have a writer's strike that could slow things down and potentially more strikes that are potentially around the corner. However, Ghostbusters 4, rap filming, they did a lot of effects practically. That is still slated for this December. So let's live in a reality very momentarily where (laughs) July 11, 2025, we'll see the release of Superman. We're in the opening battle of news, right? Because what's going to happen next? We're going to start hearing Batman news and who's going to be cast as Damien and who's going to be cast here. And who, this is going to be a loud secret because I do Whoa. think they want to shake off um, a big problem from, from my, in my opinion, a big problem from Flash was you weren't really able to put the star of that movie out into the public. I think we are going to see, we're already hearing at San Diego Comic-Con, it sounds like Marvel, DC, Sony, Disney. Everybody's off. Sounds Everybody's like they're all the out because they're, but specifically because they're going to do their own thing, which means come DC Access, which I have to imagine they're going to do again this year, we might start seeing, assuming, is he going to be in, what type of panties is Superman wearing outside assuming, or inside? though, Charlie, assuming that the strikes haven't lingered because a lot of, of what is done in Hollywood is for face value. So, like, they, you know, e- even if things are totally ready to go and, like, in binders and fucking highlighted and stuff like that, um, they still do have to show solidarity with their writers and with their, the you know, the tech side because now, like you mentioned before, it looks like rather than having a strike ending, we're having, you know, it added to, which is really troublesome because that then you will not see promotional stuff because what are you going to say? Oh, in theaters at some point, we, we don't know when, but at theaters at some point. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, very hopeful, as I'm sure you are as well. But it's a little it's a little worrisome. I'm just going to focus on the positive because that's frankly all we have nowadays this casting, these castings, I should say, is just fantastic. Now, the funny thing is that you had mentioned um, their pairing specifically together. And my man right now, he's like a thinner, thinner guy, right? Um, but as I had mentioned prior, Will, Will Poulter has shown you can, turn, uh, you can turn a squash into a pumpkin very easily. Uh, that shouldn't be an issue whatsoever, especially if they end up with a little more time. Uh, on the back end, but I, I my thought was like, okay, fuck. I, I was thinking, I couldn't help but think of your ex, right? You got to think of Cavill at least a little bit. Like, and eh, maybe he'll get James Bond. He'll be okay. Um, but I'm thinking he was a tall dude. 
But Ben Affleck was just as tall, if not maybe with those pointy ears, a little bit taller. I'm like, how tall is my guy right here? Charlie, he is six foot four. Wow. He is a tall, tall dude. When he fills in, it's going to well, be Well, let on, me ask man. you this. He's going to fill that ass. I don't need a big Superman. I think you could throw homeboy in tights right now and we're good to go. Mm. You you even, want a meeting? Even even Chris Reeve bulked up, right? Chris yeah, Reeve was like, I'm of... not going to wear styrofoam muscles under a tight suit. I refuse to do it. So my man, he's going to put on some beef. It's it's going to happen. Just you know, just just get yourself ready. Get yourself ready. The nips are going to pop. It's going to get veiny as hell. It's going to happen as long as his acting chops are not affected because I'm very excited about the script, about the dialogue, <laughs> especially about the chemistry between these two cats. I also love the fact that she is like just a hair older than him because she, like you said, man, she's on the young side absolutely for her profession, but she's still a younger up-and-comer, like a yeah. name to be reckoned with. Dude, that is her, even seeing her in an interview, uh, like on late night TV and stuff, that's her personality. This is a, a, a chick who She got has, that lowest energy. She's got her shit together. She's got the answer for you. She also has a little twinkle in her eye. She give you a little sassiness. It is perfect, perfect casting. I am all about it. And you know, ooh, if the boys in the shield say it's so, it is so. I can not wait. Now, real quick, Charlie... Give me your number one pick for Lex Luthor, then. I uh, let me say right now, I'm not happy about fucking Holt Holt as as Lex. I don't see him as a Lex. I didn't see him as a Superman either. Like people are like, oh, Neither gee, I I hope, yeah, I wish he got it. I didn't. He doesn't. No, he doesn't give me Superman vibe whatsoever. He'll you? always give me even more than Beast vibe. He's gonna give me the fucking uh the 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 gearhead guy. From uh, from the most recent Tom Hardy, the, the uh, uh, Mad Max, Mad like, Max, go suck on some spray spray paint, man. Get out of here, you know Superman, and I don't want him for Lex either. Let me uh, just real quick before yeah. I give you my pick for for Absolutely. Lex. I don't know if we did it on the show or if it was a private conversation, but I was talking about how as much as I enjoyed Cavill as like a human, and I I continue Great to guy. be a Cavill fan, and can grow a um, mustache like. Fucking Magnum PI dreamed no, about nobody's business. I I didn't love his Superman walk. And do you remember what you said specifically about Superman? Do you remember what you said? I would. I don't want to misquote you. No, no, no. Uh, please go ahead and quote me, and I'll correct you if if necessary. But I, I remember this conversation. It was something akin to the way that Cavill was probably directed to walk. Was a man was walking into action. He he was kind of walking very like chest out like i'm aren't i a badass tight, and that's not butthole walk flexing all the way you know what the walk was charlie and you referenced it the other day it was his mission impossible punch punch about yes. to beat the hell out of tom cruise walk um if you could walk with arms that's in effect what he was doing uh and and superman like for lack of a better idiom and this isn't what you said superman kind of walks from his heart like there is no protection there's nothing he's putting on. Yeah, with Superman, no. the he's the not put on is to impress. He's not trying. He's not thinking about like, oh, 
what they some they might be taking pictures of me. I think what I said was to quote myself, which is one of my very favorite things. Um, I think it was something to the tune of, um, Superman should should walk like he's walking into a a fire to go save the day, not like he's walking into a fist fight. Like I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. No, no, no. He's he's a call to action, and he's gonna heed the call. So that is his. Um, that's his motivation. That's that's where his uh, you know, his kind of fucking like momentum comes from. Yeah. Not the other way around. Not to beat up some jerk or ruin the fucking truck and shove a tree through it because it was slightly rude at a restaurant. Come on, guys. Come on, Snyder, uh, my ass. For, for me, I'm having a hard time of shaking Alexander Skarsgar. Uh, he's now. I just imagine him in that pristine white suit, um, which I think could be worn incorrectly, and it looks like you're doing a kingpin cosplay but i could um even over his brother bill who i just imagine getting kind of not bored with it but maybe not willing to commit to what hopefully will be a 10 20 year journey the lazy eye bothers me a little bit if i'm being totally honest and this is a conversation yeah another conversation that i had with friend jordan was um like we were kind of banding about lexes and um jordan put out there we should have had him on um, Jordan put out there, he's like, look, I, I feel like Lex should absolutely be a charismatic, likable, uh, uh, character so that especially when the tide turns and he needs to have beef with, with, uh, Kal-El, it becomes like, oh shit, now two people that I kind of like are throwing down. Now, granted the motivations of one versus the other will, will force you to pick sides, which is only proper, but uh, I kind of agree with that too. Like it's a circumstance where if there was no Superman, Lex Luthor might be the most popular man on the planet. Rightfully so, people would love him. Instead, he's been forced into a corner of having to be the dick because this fucking illegal alien uh, has crossed our border and is causing a ruckus. You know, throwing trains off of mountains and all kinds of shit. So I'm about that. So I, I really do think. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård, between the two of them, would edge out Bill for my fucking taste. And it's not just succession talking. I just think he could he could do it. Um, he's got he just the wears a suit so well. What was the uh, what was the uh, the Vikingy movie that he did? Uh, it was outstanding. Like some kind of some kind of Viking barbaric whatever the fuck. It was badass. What I remember, but it was badass. Me and so titles. Alex Luther, badass, likable, charismatic, but like. Eh, he's got a little twinge in there, like he was fucking dealing with one of the Roy kids. Uh, I think would work beautifully. But also just someone who's who's ready to go for the long run. 10, 20 years of stories, knowing that we have a Lex we can rely on, yeah. ironically enough, really Who gets my edge. Also, crossover titles. Like, give me a Lex in a fucking, in a Hawkman vehicle. Give me a Lex Absolutely. in a Absolutely. Situation. Absolutely. I'm, I'm uh, but the bottom line is this. We. We're just two brothers making our way through the comic book landscape. We want to hear from you. Are you excited about this casting? Who is your ideal Lex? Ellis talking about, you know, going away from the traditional white guy. Let's get some some other energy in there potentially. We want to know very specifically who you want for Lex Luthor. Are you excited about David and Rachel? Rachel and David, who I'm already absolutely in love with. But the bottom line for me is if you're not at least a little excited, this brand new cinematic DC adventure is going to kick off proper, well, then you, sir, are just like one George Toy Boy Lucas, because we all know one fact above all else, and that is... Earmuffs, Ellis, earmuffs!
Han, Han shot first, first, baby. A salute. Clink. Clink. Uh. Oh, no. You know the rules, Charlie. If I'm not there, you have to technically take a double shot because it's not the office's fault that I'm not there. That's Be good to know. That's good to know. Uh, I know. I like also, it, but I'm very, I'm, I'm incredibly rude. Yeah. I cut you off before. I'm kind of cutting you off now. Roll the wheel back towards you. Charlie, like Tina Turner, I'm just getting used to it at this point. But don't make it right because still uh, we have had Black Mirror uh, upon us. Charlie, I, I threw you a little uh, funky detail earlier that even surprised me, which is shocking because I am very smart. Um, Black Mirror has been amongst us since 2011. That is a long fucking time. It was first released December 4th, 2011. Better times, um, 2011. Indeed. So we've had installments uh, uh, 2013, 2014, 2016, 2017. Uh, there was that interactive how do you do in 2018, 2019, and then the world fell apart. So it has been a minute since we've had some Black Mirror in our lives. Um, I might argue it was worth the wait. It was worth the wait. Now, that my my it's not universally held opinion because another opinion of mine, which I don't think is in any way deniable, um, not quite as sci-fi as one would have imagined. I mean, truth be told, Charlie, if I came to you, and this isn't rehearsed at all, uh, if I came to you and I said, Charlie, so this Black Mirror series... Uh, how would you describe it to maybe someone who hasn't I, I seen it? I think it's a, a sci-fi series dot, of sci-fi-ness. Yeah, an anthology series in a sci-fi landscape. Every once in a while, they'll like have tenuous connections between stories that were told in that anthology style, sometimes from season to season, which is a lot of fun for continuity seekers like myself. But uh, not so much... Not so much this time, bro. There were there were multiple installments, and there were only friggin', um, there were only I think six, six episodes. That now, admittedly, I've only they, seen one. Very sci-fi. Well, I'm gonna get you all cut up. I'll get you all cut up. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say, look, there were certain episodes that, I, and I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, yo, this shit belonged in um, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Not on Black Mirror. I was like, hmm, are these just leftovers? Did they scoop them up off the floor? But, um, again, even those that didn't feel like which one of these things is not like the other, or the sci-fi one. It's actually the sci-fi one is the one that fits uh, amongst the others the least. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go out of order. Uh, Let's do it. What the hell? Yeah, it's, it's our show. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> it's our hot show. We'll do what I want. So, so let me, ooh. <laughs> so, uh, this shirt was a gift. I don't want to get all grossed up. Thanks again, Sarge. Um, so the, the it's not grossed up. It's sexified. The, you can sell that shit on eBay. Get it all Extra musk. Fun, oh God. Uh, I want to take it off. So the, the particular episode that Charlie is referencing to Charlie's one out of six, which on, that, that's like Charlie's one out of six. He's not going to the all-star game. He might lead the league in RBIs for a shortstop, but we got to get that average up. Fucking John, I, I got to tell you, if my life was one for six, 
I'd be a much better off Charlie. You'd also be at the game every night. Like, hey, what's up? So in any case, the the episode that Charlie's referencing is uh I, I actually insisted that he sit down and watch with me as I rewatched it immediately after watching it once. Um episode four. Episode is called Maisie Day. Um and, and this was also not a sci-fi episode. Matter of fact, it felt like nah, it felt like it fucking for sure was a, a like a, a throwback episode. This was happening. This felt a little bit more like Stranger Things, right? It, I guess maybe it was more in the horror 90s, than but science fiction. There was nothing really science fiction about it. Nothing at all. I don't know how far you want to well, go. Well, it's with fictional. Spoilers. I don't think it's real. I mean, yeah. Fuck them if they didn't see it. But you know what the um, what piece women... of shit hasn't watched every episode of the new season of Black Mirror? That's a premiere television. That year after, fuck, I didn't watch it. I, I didn't have time. I was busy. There's been a lot of good movies out. <laughs> Again, no one can really, considering the summer that we've had uh, and the popcorn that we've ingested, no one can blame you. But um, so yeah, Maisie Day was like, uh, it was set, I, I would say, someplace in the 90s, maybe late 90s, very early 2000s. Which you and I had a wonderful conversation about like the inner workings of like there, there have been times where you have Details, accused baby. me. Details. You have accused me many a time in our brotherly relationship, which is like my whole life. If you're keeping track, um, I know some people think you're younger because they fucking hate me. Um, but you and I have discussed like my weird pretension on how I watch some things. Yeah, you. And you and I went full. We went full pretension on this. You're like, huh. that's a Canon forty three twelve that came out in ninety eight. <laughs> What are they trying to say with when that extra Rome, wide lens? Charlie, when, when am I going to go in there and be like, Dad, this is good, generally speaking, and get smacked in the mush by my baby brother? When you're at the Fortress of Charlitude, you must get yeah, real no. deep with it, Charlie's ladies. Like, Look, you talk nerd or you don't talk at all, motherfucker. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so episode four, uh, Maisie Day, it was far more, uh, again, to, to my thinking, not sci-fi at all. Again, it was more horror easily. And uh, well, the shot I was trying to take at you, Charlie, was Little Women is fiction. But it's not science fiction. So, like, just the fact that something's, like, not true doesn't make it sci-fi. There was no sci-fi about it. Um, and then just for, like, the, just for the, uh, for anyone who hasn't watched, uh, really it speaks more about kind of, like, the human condition. It speaks to the paparazzi effect that's going on out there. As I said before, this is like late 90s, early 2000s, maybe. You know, they killed fucking, uh, they killed the, uh, you know, Princess Diana. Um, now her kid and her, his uh, his new wife are running around acting like jerks. Look at the fucking, look at the, the spillover nasty effects that happened. Um, but it was really more about like the lack of uh, like cultural appropriateness. And these are people too. Sometimes, unless they hit some shit in the road and that situation has changed. Um, but yeah, that, that episode for me at least caught me totally off guard and not so much because of its lack of sci-fi because at that point I had, I had already watched three episodes for Cena. We're going to protect your little virginal ears and eyes, Ellis. Don't worry, man. No spoilers here. Um, but the three episodes before that prepped me. I was like, okay, don't expect robots. Don't expect fucking, you know, uh, alien invasions. Don't expect the typical Black Mirror fare. Um, so I'm going to rewind it back. Episode one, to speak to my point, Joan is awful. Now, the thing that I found 
most interesting. What a great title. Joan is awful. Jo- I've known some awful Jones. So this was clearly not plucked out of nothingness. Um, I'll just give you the episode description because that's it's what uh, uh what Netflix would do. Netflix, and sometimes Netflix is real cheeky with it. There might be some clues. Ooh, my joke. Should I so, guess each one? You could try. An average woman is stunned to discover a global streaming platform. Sounds familiar already. Has launched a prestige TV drama adaptation of her life, in which she is portrayed. By Hollywood A-lister Salma Hayek. Excellent, excellent description. Uh, to give you the layman version of that, and I, I apologize to forget her name. I was just uh, just checking out her Insta while I was on the pooper. I bet you were. The daughter DJ. from Shit's Creek. Um, oh, she's, awesome! She's the woman in question. She wears a very distinctive hairstyle, which is like almost impossible to confuse with somebody else. So she's like la la la, living her life. Doing some good things, doing some bad things, but you know, like a like a a very reasonably good and bad. Not like she's not Hitler. Um, so she da da da. She goes through her day, turns on her her streaming platform, which is not uh, which is not Netflix. It's something that's called Streamberry. Netflix does an awesome job of taking little shots at themselves in this series, which I particularly liked. Um, so she turns on her TV, pops on some Streamberry. And she fucking sees Salma Hayek wearing her exact hairstyle. And in effect, going through a filmed version. Like, imagine if The Office, you popped on The Office, Charlie, and one day, fucking Michael is in there. He's like, ah, these fucking people I work with. I'm just trying to train these guys and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, you're like, wait, wait, what the fuck? What's going on? Why is there a new character bitching and moaning named Charlie Rivera working at The Office? Um, that's in effect what it is, and as oh, you I love can imagine, that. they even tweak it. You know how sometimes you watch a, a movie or a series that like based on a true story, and then they'll even say some scenes may have been modified for dramatic purpose. They'll do that, Charlie, to your life. So you're like, oh yeah, I like J- it. I I had to rush Jameson because I needed to run out the door, and then that when that scene rolls around uh, for your show now. Which you don't get any money for, by the way, and you have not, to your knowledge, given any uh, authorization to use your life as subject matter. Uh, instead of like gently pushing him back away from the door so you can get out for the day, they have you kick him in the mush. And people are like, yo, you face-kicking, puppy-hating son of a bitch. So in effect, that's what they do to this poor woman. And all I don't of like the, that. Yeah, me either. I didn't like saying it. Um, all of the, the fallout that comes from it. Now, again, spoilers uh, are protected here, at least in this case. So um, the fallout was significant, and um, Salma Hayek gets involved as Salma Hayek, which is great. Uh, I really enjoyed the episode. Second episode is called Lock Henry. This shit, if, 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 if aforementioned Guillermo didn't see this and think, I fuck, I missed this one, what happened here? Um, then I hope he never watches the series because that is what he'll say in that exact accent. Um, now Guillermo del Toro is my picks for Lex Luthor. There you go. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. Uh, Lock Henry. This ain't here, Superman. <laughs> Mira, Superman. Okay, you cannot do that right here. Okay? So uh, a young couple travel to a sleepy Scottish town to start work on a genteel nature documentary. 
but they find themselves drawn to a juicy local story involving shocking events in the past. I'm going to do a little bit better than that. There was a fucking sexual deviant mass murderer in that town. Oh, shit. So, so literally now Netflix, again, this is really the, the black mirror that that's in reference to the title is in effect to me, Netflix holding up a mirror and seeing their own fucked up black reflection because Charlie, do you know how many murder documentaries, basically how to do it there are on Netflix right now? Like 95% of women, single women put themselves to bed uh, watching Netflix murder documentaries it does not bode well for new relationships that's all i'm gonna say take the trash out boys you do not want to suffer the ramifications um what else so that that was dynamite dynamite also another ending did not fucking see coming i know i'm up against the time it's episode three beyond the sea now this was, i bet the sea is involved you know what Nailed you it. would think so but you're wrong so this was probably the one episode that you could properly define as sci-fi because um and much to my chagrin starring jesse pinkman uh in an <laughs> alternate 1969 <laughs> two <laughs> men funny number on a perilous i know 19 is hilarious two men on a perilous high-tech mission wrestle with the consequences consequences of an unimaginable tragedy so uh charlie um this one's tough to, to really describe in a general uh, uh, in a general sense. So I'm just I'm not gonna I'm just gonna tell you straight up what happens without ruining the ending. Um, these are astronauts, right? They're astronauts again. This is a throwback period of time. This is 1969. Tee but funny um, number. It's not our 1969. So their technology, while on, at, at one time on one hand is very much the 1969 strategy uh, technology, um, but it's also more advanced. So these cats, there's two, Josh Hartnett is the other astronaut. Hey, I know him. They are also once a potential Superman. Um, They're up in this space space, uh, station, very far away from home, but there's like a a link where their, their consciousness at night, you know, when they power down, basically, the human beings that they are up in the station, they can send their uh, awareness over to a replicant, which is at home with their families, L- like a robot, cyborg type of body that's sitting there, that in effect gets up and walks around and talks to their significant others and their family members and stuff. And like, that's awesome. It's almost like they're not there. It's, not, it's like they're not gone. Um, however... That, if anyone who studies history knows, that was a pretty fucked up period of time. There are a lot of weird, um, kind of like, there are a lot of kind of a weird, uh, um, uh, you know, like group mentality stuff. Like that's when Ma- Manson was doing his thing. And something happens that to me made me very much think of the Manson family running around acting like assholes. And um, tragedy strikes. That's I don't think anyone's say. ever defined it that way. I like mean, they were court, actually like real assholes. I think the prosecuting attorney, that was the term. that he, ah, There's four counts of acting like real assholes. Um, but tragedy strikes and uh, like kind of the, the, um, the aftermath becomes very, very interesting. Again, spoiler free. Maisie Day we talked about already. Episode five, probably my favorite 
of the series. Oh, real quick. Did Jesse Pinkman ruin his episode? You know what, Charlie? Jesse I'm Pinkman not a fan. only knows how to ruin things. I, I do not like the guy. And, and I'll be honest with you. For what he did to Westworld, I was shocked that they even remotely let him near a sci-fi looking set. But they let him near two of them. You son of a Jesse Pinkman. Uh, in any case, episode uh, uh, episode five, rather, uh, um, Demon seventy nine, fucking dynamite in Northern England, nineteen seventy nine. A meek sales assistant is told she must commit terrible acts to prevent disaster, uh, and I'm gonna do a better job than uh, them here again. Charlie, she straight up told. She has to kill three people in three days or the world will end. She didn't ask for this. She really didn't do anything to justify having the weight of that put on her little, tiny, meek uh, uh, Indian shoulders. But it ended up there. And they have so much fun with it um, because uh, it literally was a demon that showed up. It's like, hey, I'm not a bad guy. Look, take it easy. This is just what it has to be. I don't want neither. Uh, and and he really made that point. He's like, look, if the apocalypse happens, it's bad for me too. Like, imagine X, Y, and Z. That all sucks. I'm rooting for you. I do not want Armageddon to happen. And uh, in effect, he helps her. But he's like, uh, I don't. I know looking at this demon form isn't good. What would you rather that I look like? So she had been kind of secretly pining for this rock star. And all of a sudden, he looks like this rock star to her. And nobody else can see him at all. Charlie, they have as much fun with the end of the world as you can possibly have uh, without including fucking James Franco and, you know, and all those guys. Uh, it was also great. And you really see her kind of come out of a shell as she's murdering people, which I get. I get that that, that can happen. That can certainly happen. Um, but, yeah, look, Charlie, I, I gave you the, the description of every episode at this point. Sounds Literally, awesome. One of them, though, is sci-fi. One of the you know what, though? I appreciate... My favorite thing about Black Mirror is they kind of like, we'll do what we want. Like, as much shit That's as exactly, Netflix gets, exactly they, do right, have, they do have this awesome element of some shit they just let be what it wants to be. And I feel like Black Mirror right now is such... If Netflix was smart, Black Mirror is a thing they always keep on the books. And whenever new drop... Whenever new... Black Mirror shit is available, put it out there. Like, yeah. until the wheels fall off, because the beautiful thing about, uh, uh, I, and I love narrative stories, but you and I always talk about the kind of completeness, right? We talk about our, the best stories in fiction for us. Uh, I'll only speak for me. For me, it has a very clear beginning, middle, and end. Of that course. could be three movies, it could be 20 movies, but I love when something has that. With an anthology series, Minus the little connections that you see here and there with Black maybe, Mirror, one, maybe one of the one of the most amazing things about it is you know for for thirty to you know ninety minutes they get to just kind of make whatever story they want under this Black Mirror label, which I think almost taking away even the sci-fi stamp frees them to like no just tell me weird fucking stories because no. the one thing that does sound yeah, consistent yeah. with black mirror so far is like 
but something's fucked up. Well, for sure. Like, we're in space, we got robots, but something's fucked up. And you know what was like that that. Twilight Zone was very much like that. You're like, you're waiting for the M. Night Shyamalan moment. Yeah. Um, But in this case, and it's very interesting because the truth of the matter is that we think we know it all already. Yeah, I do. So many people get. (laughs) So many people. You don't even know that you don't know everything because that would be something. Um, So many times, if something doesn't. We're all amateur sleuths. Like, oh, I got this figured out. Watch. This is what's going to happen because it really is enjoyable, kind of like bandying, uh, um, you know, opinions and like uh, projections and you know, uh, um, predictions and uh, projections. Like, we, we're just here, and uh, we think we got to figure it out. And that satisfaction, when it's taken away from us, what's the most common reaction? Not, oh, shit, I didn't see that coming. That Not, oh, let me get Charlie in here to watch this, because this one caught oh, me off No, this is, most people are garbage. They're like, uh, they didn't do what I thought they were going to do. This sucks. You leave Alice alone. Uh, Oh, I didn't. This was this was a waste of time. Blah blah blah. I was just talking to my mom about it. It's not. It's not the destination, kid. It is the journey. It's people who cannot see the forest for the trees. Sopranos wasn't a bad show because you didn't like the last thirty seconds. Sopranos is an all-time great show that you didn't like the last thirty seconds of. But here's me telling you, you're dumb if you didn't, because ultimately it didn't make a difference what happened to Tony. But that's another conversation. All together, Charlie. Black Mirror is called Black Mirror. It's not called Black Mirror, the sci-fi hour. Nobody ever <laughs> sat me down and promised me this is a great sci-fi anthology series forever. Things evolve. Things improve. Things sometimes take a left where they would take a right. I don't know why the fuck I was so... It probably took me to the middle of the third episode to be like... All right, it's okay if it's not sci-fi. <laughs> you know, they, they never said it was going to be sci-fi. That was my own stupid expectations, kind of like, to a degree, preventing me from really enjoying something for what it was, man. I thoroughly enjoyed the season. Was it a little bit of a, a WTF because of the, the lack of sci-fi? Yes, absolutely. If you look at the earlier seasons, sci-fi, 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 sci-fi little bit of spooky sci-fi sci-fi so yeah they've established a track record but track records are made to be broken charlie and that's what this episode did i freaking really really enjoyed it i'm looking forward to you finishing this the the, uh, the season and and we Me can too. privately talk about it but like for sure expectations are only good for one thing wiping your ass with and toilet paper is even better than that so maybe save it save it for another day I will say it's very fun to predict the twist, though. I'm not saying, like, we both did it, but I certainly I certainly kind of knew what was coming. I mean, I also, fun fact, I rattled out, like, 30 twists. Uh, Yeah, exactly. So I was like, is it this? Is it this? Is it this? And, like, at around 24, I'm like, fuck, he guessed it. Oh, no, he guessed it. You know what else I can guess? How we're going to keep the fucking lights on in the show. Because we are a free show that comes to you every Wednesday. Both the audio format and the live video format. That's available on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitch. All of it can be found at US Comics HQ. But luckily for you people, you don't have to hear about some shitty mobile game that you don't want to play that's just going to rob you of tens of thousands of dollars. Because today, we are once again brought to you by one of our absolute favorite bands, Bad Mary. You heard them during the intro. You're going to hear them again. 
at the end of the show. If you're anywhere else, you can catch the rack. You can follow them at Bad Mary Band across all social media platforms. You can support them over on patreon.com forward slash Bad Mary Band. You can stay up to date at badmary.com for merch and upcoming performances. But my favorite part, John, is that their entire discography is available across all music streaming services. Damn straight, but that does beg the question, Charlie. Where we dropping with Sergeant Finesse? You can find him currently still hanging on with fucking fingernails, just clinging, clinging so tight uh, to that Facebook par- gaming partnership. Uh, again, he's still spending a lot of his time on Facebook, but he's spending more and more time over on Kick.com. Either way, it is at Sergeant Finesse. Multiple streams every day, outstanding video game content, supporter games, co-streams, giveaways, like this fresh-to-death, grunt-style, Superman patriotic shirt. Thank you yet again, Sergeant Finesse, for this gift. Well-earned, might I say. Because um, when the Sergeant's on deck, Charlie, you got to salute. We also got to throw it back to a perennial supporter, Joker Stream. Joker is also splitting his time. Uh, you can find him at Jokers underscore stream underscore on Twitch, but also as well as on kick.com. I have a real, real good feeling uh, kick is going to be seeing a lot of kind of like uh, a lot of pilgrims making the jump over there. And uh, it's worth mentioning. We mentioned him last week. We're going to do it again because uh, we love stealing from these motherfuckers. Um, That's we true. Do it's our favorite out. Batman Damn straight. animated series podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, of course, the Batman Tasticast. Sorry, the awesomely talented and knowledgeable super fans and friends of the show, Jordan you, Mike Staub. He might be in Bad Mary, too. Do yourselves a favor and check them out everywhere. Podcasts are available. That's Batman Tasticast for more nerdy goodness. But, John, can you yeah, do me a sorry. favor? Yeah, Charlie. Do you hit that elevator button for me? Oh. Welcome to another edition of Pitch Me. John is representing, in this case, the beautiful Sony and Marvel Studios. I have hopped on an elevator with him, and I got about 15 minutes or less to pitch in my movie. John! Ah. Hey, man, I got a pitch for you that I think you might be interested in. Now, make How would you hit. like? I'm headed up to the penthouse offices. Let's do it to it. Uh, I got something I know you're interested in because you keep making his villains have movies. Let's talk Spider-Man Part 4. That's right. I am going to bring us Spider-Man goodness so great that even I want to see it. John, this flick opens up. <coughs> Wait, <again. coughs> That's Mr. Rivera, you punk. Sorry, Mr. Rivera. My apologies. I'm just so damn excited because unlike the Spider-Man movies that precede it, we're getting away from those home titles and we're jumping right into the action. Our movie opens up. We got the Marvel and Sony scrolls. We see a very quick interaction of what happened before it. Uh, Tony's dead. He's in an all new Spider-Man suit and we see flying through the air that beautiful red and blue of the brand new Spidey suit. We got Tim, uh, we got a taste of at the end of the last flick. We got the new, we got Scorpion rocking a full mech Iron Man-esque suit with the tail and all. We got a big gargantuan 7'2", 485-pound rhino, part mech, part juicy. And we, of course, have the new Electro rocking crazy gauntlets. He has a silly mask. We're going heavy, heavy comic book. They have broken on to a saber ship. That's right. Nick Fury might be fighting the scrolls. 
but here the fuck we are they are trying to steal more space-based technology remember when these characters were introduced to us the electro and the scorpion specifically they had all sorts of gadgets from fucking space so why not go to saber to do the same they're breaking in we see a little bit of web a perfect little web hit one of the sides of the building then we see a camera get thrown onto it and we see the little flash start to go off that's right our peter parker is absolutely taking some photos of the action Holy he drops shit. down into our most badass spider-man fight scene yet this is the shit we're gonna steal from for the trailers john he is whooping ass rhino runs at him going to all fours he grabs him by the horn flips him overhead fucking pro wrestling style this is not a punk bitch version of tom holland he saw zendaya get all sorts of done up in that hotel room in her trailer so he is fucking pissed that same sort of intensity that we got from the very last scene when Tom Holland almost killed the Green Goblin, John, this is a Peter Parker who has some fucking anger issues. He is whooping ass. He is doing fucking drop kicks to Scorpion. He's throwing fucking shocker. They're shooting at him. He keeps shooting out webs and throwing out additional small cameras. He is doing something with these goddamn photos, John. As he's fighting, we see what they're trying to steal. There's all sorts of uh sci-fi looking jars and bullshit they are trying to get to a very specific labeled jar and it looks like something metallic-y and black is in there wink 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 suddenly we see another figure in the background as scorpion's about to destroy that canister we see someone flip over it all in black flip over it and grab the jar for him or herself suddenly a spider web comes grabs that jar pulls it away it shatters against the wall. It is the black fucking cat looking more delicious than any superheroine that has no, 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 preceded no, 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 them. She looks amazing, but no, John, she is not going to fight Spider-Man. She is fighting with Spider-Man. She is just trying to get what is on that fucking jar that has now been shattered over. Now, John, really interesting. Our camera is going to pan over. We're going to see a close-up on that jar. It's not black goop from space it almost is like little octagons that are kind of interacting isn't that bullshit nanite stuff that marvel loves so much that i hate i don't know suddenly scorpion's fucking big scorpion tail rips across the chest of our spider-man spider-man's bleeding bro right out the gate we have ruined this fucking brand new suit the fight continues and it ends with spider-man fucking taking down these three bad guys as black cat is now at the entrance that they all broken from holding a different jar with a different type of goop in it she gives she blows him a kiss she fucks off he looks down at his bullshit costume and it's tattered he drops a spider-man line he's like oh boy what am i gonna do now i'm fucking spider-man and he puts his hand Charlie down hates me he puts his hand down on that black goop and those octagon octagons clap 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 they fill in all the broken parts of his suit it's still red and blue, but now that's a little shinier than it was even before. We jump to the next day. We're at the Daily Bugle. Once simply an online web show has now grown to a fucking gigantic uh, online community. Multiple shows. J. Jonah Jameson still at the top. They have this big crazy office. Who walks in? Peter. And Peter is not fucking hated. He is not booed out of the building. J. Jonah Jameson grabs him over the shoulder my boy Petey scuffs his little hair j jonah jameson loves peter parker everyone in the office loves peter parker even though he's kind of a moody little bitch 
his best friend, his new best friend in this brand new life of going to college at the day, working for the Daily Bugle at night. His best friend, Eddie Brock, once again tries to bring him out to a college house party, but he is not feeling it. This Spider-Man has become a complete fucking all about me. The reason all those cameras are there, he's selling the website all these amazing Spider-Man photos, and they are fucking amazing. Everyone loves him for it. He's well-respected. He goes to classes. He's always getting asked out. Everyone loves him, but he's a little emo spidey bitch. He's visiting Aunt May day after day, telling her about his day, telling her about who's watching, who's not. At while the he's cemetery, trying... or, or is your version? At the cemetery. Okay, okay. No, no, this part four, he's at the cemetery. A, pulling a Rocky? He sees, out of the corner of his eye, he's being watched. Regular Peter Parker is being watched, and it's by none other than the black fucking cat has been tailing him for probably weeks, following his adventures and stealing shit, because that's what she does. He turns and we get the first reveal. Clink, 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 clink. All those little quads assemble into his classic Spider-Man suit, and he whole chases suit. after her. The whole suit. But it's the blue and reds. And it's nanites, obviously, right? Wink, 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 wink. They fight. They, he chases her. We have an amazing chase sequence. She is his equal in every single fucking way. It is awesome. And the sexual tension, John. Ooh, you are going to want to see Spidey bone this black cat. They get into it. It turns out that Saber has been coming back and forth to Earth. And the villains are using this technology to go fucking classic. We're going to get a vulture in this movie. We're going to get more of the fucking Rhino, more of the Scorpion, and the suit's just getting better and better. This is basically a reverse heist movie. A black cat wants this shit to make money, wants it out of the bad guy's hands. Peter Parker is just trying to get it to the authority and make some money. Is he falling in love with black cat? Of course she is. Look at her, John. (laughs) All the while, we're learning about what his new life as Peter Parker is at college. How does the film wrap up? It wraps up, of course, the way you expect. We get towards that third act, and what's revealed? He's back. He's Spider-Man, but he's back in black to match the black cat because they're doing this stealthy bullshit as they beat the big bad of the film, which in this case is Scorpion. Who's funding him? We're going to learn about that in our post-credit sequence. Don't you worry. We'll double back to that. Basically, we have the fucking sexiest superhero rom-com adventure you could ever fucking expect. We learn about Felicia's backstory. Her dad's in fucking prison. She was assaulted once, so she signed up for all these experiments. That's why she's such a fucking badass. Again, Scorpion's out of jail. He fucking wants Pete dead, but there's no way to get him except to his new friends. So if Peter Parker's life at work and school was as good as a loner could get, well, tough shit, because Scorpion's barreling through the Daily Bugle. We get all the goodness of J. Jonah Jameson Blaming fucking Spider-Man, being super into Black Cat in a way, an appropriate way, because she's like a young 20-something. But J. Jonah's gonna J. Jonah. <laughs> the film fucking ends with a triumphant black-suited Spider-Man selling so many fucking toys with his new girl at his arm. It ends similar to the way the last one did. They're, he's swinging through the city, following her. They're kind of this new dynamic duo of New York, and he finally feels like himself again. But this is a Spider-Man who we've seen be violent throughout this whole fucking film. This is the coolest Spider-Man we've ever fucking met. That'll bring us to our two sequels that I'm not going to pitch, but I'm going to give you just the broad strokes. The entirety of this trilogy has Spider-Man in the black suit. We don't get to Venom till the third movie. 
the big thing in that second movie is he gets so brutal at one point felicia tries to stop him black hat tries to stop him and he turns and he basically goes to fucking reed richard style backhand this bitch and luckily she like moves out of the way and she's like are you out of your fucking mind so all the tension of that second movie is peter's a fucking recluse he is losing his goddamn mind because by now the fantastic four movie will exist he's gonna go see reed richards find out it's not nanotech the fucking alien is this the black monster that other peter was talking about in far from home you bet your dick it is bro we're gonna get to venom in the third movie i promise eddie brock and peter have a falling out because he's a fucking psychopath john people are going to be creaming their jeans at this bullshit we get to the third movie and we are not going to get that big bell tower bullshit he's lost felicia he's lost his only person that gave a fuck about him at work in eddie brock who's now a jealous fucking asshole about him hates peter now we kind of get that classic uh are Pete we still versus using eddie. Uh, tom hardy no fuck tom hardy it's a whole new thing how dare you um, we're gonna get someone we're gonna get someone you like even more also we're not doing any of that inner monologue bullshit. Peter isn't, isn't, the question is, is Peter being influenced? We learned in the third movie, he decides to hang up the black because he doesn't like that this thing is influencing him, right? Wrong. We get to the middle of that movie, he's just as violent. Peter has underlying issues that he is fucking trying desperately to get through. That's what we're exploring in the third movie. Ultimately, this is still a character fucking study. It's going to make people who love Peter for what he is see him as a fucking potential badass because he is so fucking powerful in the MCU and we've only ever seen a glimmer of it. We're going to see him get to that line. We're going to see him almost cross it, but then he's going to remember finally we're going to get a flashback scene where all is lost when he's not even going to be fucking Spider-Man anymore. We're going to get a scene that we think is a ghost visiting him. We're going to finally see an interaction between Uncle Ben and Peter. But it's from when Peter was 12 oh. years old and he stole from a local deli. We're going to get a beautiful, uh, this beautiful tale of you, you, am I a bad person? Uncle Ben, do you hate me? I can never hate you, Pete. It's not the, the, the past is depression. The future is anxiety. It's now be a good person. Now save one person. Now all that moral, beautiful bullshit that we love or other people love Peter for we're going to get in this wonderful flashback. So in the third act of the movie, Eddie Brock gets the fucking symbiote. We finally get a bulking, giant white logo on his chest. He has webs because he still remembers. Now the symbiote's fucking talking because he's not going to let a human run the show again. Now the fucking symbiote's in charge. We're getting a badass Venom. We're getting a big third act fight. Felicia's getting attacked by Venom. Who shows back up once again? in that classic blue and red shiny as suit we saw in the first movie of this trilogy we're gonna see it at the end spider-man's back and he's that spider-man we love he's talking bullshit to venom he's webbing him up we can do the fucking sonic disruptor bullshit simple editing leave eddie in the fucking streets he's trying to recover his life the end of the movie spider-man's never better felicia has basically forgiven him that's when we're reintroduced to mary jane who now they're three years into college. She goes to a different school. He sees her. It's Mary Jane as we know her from the comics. She's found her confidence. She dyed her hair because she wanted a new look. Will Peter finally get a happy ending? That's for a potential new trilogy or a potential reboot to explore. We finally leave Peter the way I always wanted him. The triumphant hero. The young kid just trying to save one person out of fucking time. 
working at the Daily Bugle, but now everyone's kind of sus because Eddie hates them. And we close our three-picture deal with the most awesome fucking Spider-Man you've ever seen. A Spider-Man who likes to get laid, a Spider-Man who likes to get paid, and a Spider-Man who learned some fucking lessons. Where I think we got floors left, and I'm done with my pitch, but give me money, well, let me, Sony. Let me ask you a question, because I filled out Do the it. check, but I have yet to sign it. Uh, who are you casting as Black Cat? Black Cat is Anya Taylor Joy is my is my number one pick if she looks appropriate next to Tom Holland. I've never seen the two together, and she looks like a young lady. And I, I again, I want early, I want the visage of early twenties. So as long as she's willing to kind of fill in that suit just right, she's my she's my first pick. Right, uh, and I she signed on. She, development deal with uh well, yeah who says, who says no to, to charlie's mug um all right and then are you carrying over uh assuming health uh is on his side are you carrying over jamie fox's electro well no because he's back in his own universe so we were left off in uh one of the last spider-man films with the gauntlets were handed to a new guy so he's gonna be the yeah. new he's gonna be the so new is he shopper. is he a new a new shocker or a new electric? We've already, we've already. Uh, I'm sorry, we. I, I meant shocker the whole time. So we're oh, getting that same guy as shocker. Oh, oh, we're not getting. I apologize. It's Rhino, Scorpion, and Shocker are the gang that kind of show up through this whole trilogy, each time getting a little bit more overpowered until Spider-Man finally gets them all. I locked gotcha. Up. And that's why Vulture is going to be kind of like King Dingling. And Correct. You're using Batman. Batman's back is Vulture. In a new version of the suit. And he, again, doesn't know who Peter is, but no, he fucks and fucking hates Spider-Man. All right, Charlie. I'm just going to go ahead and... Uh... So, well done. Solid pitch. I can't believe Indeed. I got through all three movies. I feel like I sped... Oh, there it is. Ter definitely 100%. Did, I got my check. You know what, though? You got paid. You want to take that to the bank? Certainly right away. Definitely cash it before Friday because that's when the whole fucking news slate comes in and all these, all these script writers gotta get paid. Woo hoo hoo! That's solid, man. That's a solid trilogy. I particularly like uh, Black Cat, um, kind of being like a new focus and and one of those uh, left up on the shelf far too long for for Peter Parker uh, characters because she's. She's very much not, as opposed to the juxtaposition between uh, Mary Jane and fucking uh, uh, Stacy Gwen, um, Black Hat, you know, uh, fucking Felicia, what's her face, Pardon. is her own character uh, with or without Spider-Man. Now, what's interesting is, if you recall, she has a little bit of the, um, how, how would you fucking, uh, the domino effect. Right? Yeah. Like people around her, it's not so much as she has great luck. Like <laughs> they're, Domino, they're unlucky they around have her. Bad luck. So I would like to see you work into your script at some point. Um, like maybe even those moments where he's like about to fucking Ike turn to her, like he gets he gets his hand caught on a fucking hook in the house and like he gets his come up as without her having to be a bad guy or heavy. And he'd be like, oh, what the fuck am I doing right now? You know, like, I would like yeah. to see that kind of, like, bad the... luck effect go yeah. into effect without her. Be like, go, go, gadget, bad luck. Because that's a little there's... corny and hard to translate. So yeah. work that into the script. There's, there's a few things uh, that I want people specifically arguing about online about the movie. 
in the first couple of movies is does um is the symbiote making peter a dick and it's yeah. never it never does it never makes him a dick it turns up the volume but this version of peter has anger issues in my interpretation to of me, what's preceded to me, it. my my way of thinking about the symbiote is always like he the symbiote isn't making the person an asshole if the person's a dick the symbiote is fucking you know is is a ed medicine like it will make you a huge veiny hard dick but you were already a dick already bro don't fucking blame the cialis yeah. for your issues so i want consistently I like in the movie i consistently want in the movie people being able to be like is that from her power or is that from happenstance? I'm never going to fully answer it. And What's also, that? What's from her power? Like when people have bad luck around her. Oh, oh, like yeah. is that she's a badass be, or they just fumble. It, um, should, it should be one of those things that are never really addressed. It just is. It's yeah, like, the it's other the same thing. Way that it always seems to rain at funerals. Like, motherfucker, yeah. I've been to a lot of funerals. It does not always rain. Some days it's the nicest day ever. The other big thing I want running through the series is when... Peter's kind of going too extreme. It's because he's trying to basically be Black Cat. So I'm not doing that thing where like she's just like Spider-Man but better. She's a different brand of character that I think we can absolutely spin off into their own series. What I love about it is their relationship is going to be very real, but also as well as it's it's a relationship between Black Cat and Spider-Man. She's not interested in Peter Parker because he's kind of a douchebag. Um, but also That's as well as his life. I really love the idea of this college-aged kid trying to emulate what he wants to be. Well, sure. And it's something that doesn't fit. So when we finally get that triumphant return, I, I want to end this series with a Spider-Man that maybe for the next series you can have him be a mentor. I want him to finally find himself instead of following around bearded men trying to yeah. like follow their lead. This is going to be finally that man Peter Parker here, that I think his age Black lines up with. be Peter's beard. And really kind of show him the, the right way to handle his ass. Um, exactly I dig right. It. I dig it. Absolutely sold. Uh, I would like to see your full casting. Um, not Done. so much to justify the check, but so I can run it by my, uh, my folks upstairs. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I wouldn't mind seeing these things produced back to back to back. So we have a little more control over the release schedule. The, the, the voice of the people is never wrong. We want to give them what they want whether they need a little time to digest or they just want to ingest it whole, uh, they can definitely pull a Bruce the Shark on it if they want. Dynamite, dynamite pitch, Charlie. Absolutely sold all the way. Um, look, at the end of the day, man, the truth of the matter is that with all these uh, fucking writers on strike, the Holly weird uppity-ups, yuckity-yucks, they need a little hope, and they absolutely need to hear from the people who are ingesting their fare so you are welcome. We're more than happy to tidy that up as long as you get those those writers taken care of. We're not crossing any picket lines. We are no suckers. Um, but Charlie, just do us a favor, man. We're at that time already. Tomorrow's going to be a big day, an early day. Hopefully we get a lot of shit done. That's been taking a long time. So Charlie, please, please, please tell all the nerds and geeks and comic book freaks how we wrap up each and every episode of U.S. Comics Cast. Well, it's very simple. First, you got to turn the power on. Then you got to turn the volume up. Then you got to tune, Bad Marion. Open up the window wide and scream out into the night sky. Save the space girl! We are...